0: It takes more than handling February 30th and your date code to be a great engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering, episode 346. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice podcast for software developers, and we don't discriminate. We will handle any date you throw at us.
1: It's interesting. February 30th is when all the tasks I've been putting off are due. <laughs> Oh, that's a. I think I stole that joke from Parks and Rec. Oh, really? <laughs> Good job, Parks and Rec. Uh, yeah, there's this maybe. Uh, is this where we switch from the office references to no, parks this and rec references? Yeah,
0: this is that point. February 30th is the date we switch. <laughs>
1: there's a, a manager that doesn't like meetings, and his assistant schedules all of his meetings for March 30th, oh, February 30th. Or 31st. There, yeah, because they thought. March 31st didn't exist. Oh, but it actually does exist. And then it does exist. And all (laughs) these people show up. Terrible day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh, I think I've seen that clip on YouTube.
1: I mean, I'll just, if we have to handle February 30th, I have to go update a bunch of if else statements real quick. Okay. (laughs) The the primary method of managing dates and times and leap everythings. Leap seconds. Leap February 30th. (laughs) Should I thank our patrons, Go Dave? Go for it. I will. Thank you, too. Anthony Ongaro, Kent C. Dodds, Oladapo Fadier, Monkey Face Emoji, I Love Mavis, Santa Hopar, Jonathan King, Connie Lee, Bartek Tatkowski, Nick Cantor, Ira Chan, Jenny Kim, John Grant, Gnandon Hooten, Ohio, Kyle Boss, Braden Keynes, The Stochastic Parrot, Valentin at Datafold, Cody Sale, Noah Fraser Logue, Will Angel, Travis Sanders, Renega which is a rotation of Ragnar, I'm pretty sure. Or maybe a permute
0: It's a swizzle. I don't know.
1: It's all the letters. <laughs> it's a swizzle, yeah. Andres Reales, Alice Jost, Nick Hathaway, Craig Motlin, Owen Shardell, testingisdocumenting.org, patreon.com.au, we're hiring, and Philip John Basile. Thank you. Thank you. I realize I don't look into the camera while I do these because I look at a point on my screen, yeah. and I just assume that it looks like I'm looking at my camera, but it's not. But for this, I'm going to look in the camera. Thank you. We appreciate it your support helps us keep the show going it helps us uh put it on youtube where you can find it and pay for our hosting and editing costs all that other stuff and if you contribute by going to SoftSkills.Audio and clicking support us on patreon any dollar amount will get you an invite to our slack community and any dollar invite or sorry any dollar amount above whatever it says on patreon <laughs> we'll get you to shout we'll
0: get us to shout you out I must say that lest you think the editing costs are low, I bet you haven't tried to find editors who are willing to tolerate the sound of our voices for as long as it takes to edit one of these shows. Not easy. <laughs>
1: I think most of the expense goes into the, the de-beautification of our faces <laughs> because the true majesty would distract from our words yeah. and we don't want that.
0: <laughs> the de it's like the opposite of the Zoom touch up my face checkbox. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> De-beautify my face. Just, just really
1: mess me up. There's a checkbox that yeah. we clicked. That Actually, says, there's a
0: slider from positive ten to negative ten. It turns out, <laughs> <laughs> touch up or touch down. The TikTok filters they don't yeah. want you to know about.
1: <laughs> All right. Oh, uh, we should we should do a show though. Do you want to read
0: our first question, Dave? I will. This comes from an anonymous listener who says I recently applied for a job for a great company. The interview went well until we talked compensation. I said I expected to get a pay raise for changing jobs, but it seems they can only offer me as much as I already have. I have never negotiated salary before. With my current job, which was my first, I happily accepted what they offered me, and we have had regular bumps without negotiations. Although I am really interested in the job, I feel it is a defeat not to get a pay raise when I'm changing jobs for the first time in my career. The benefits are also not as good. Do you have any advice? Should I lower my expectations for a non-consulting position and switch despite not getting a raise? Or should I negotiate harder or just wait for something better?
1: I helpfully edited out. I just realized while you're reading this. I deleted the part of the question that said they're in a consulting role right now. So that's where the non-consulting thing comes They've so been switching
0: been... from a consulting role to a non-consulting role
1: at a different company though but but yeah, yeah. the implication is like I don't know
0: you, you get paid a lot as a consultant maybe yeah maybe and 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 I guess there are I guess there are consultancies that are companies for which you work like a standard w2 income but that don't pay you like the astronomical consultants rates like they they bank, they take a haircut. Of, yeah, uh, that's
1: that's all where all their money comes from.
0: <laughs> okay, so that's, <laughs> what, that's, that's what that's probably saying here.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think this question is interesting for two reasons. One, because it is it is a new era in tech. Yeah. And a year ago, I would have said, heck no, absolutely not. Don't take a job offer for the same amount Throw of money. Throw
0: that offer back in their face.
1: Yeah, tell them to print it out on a silk napkin and then blow your nose with it. Show them what you think of that. But stuff's different now. Maybe that's not what you should do.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then
1: the other thing that caught my eye was this is your first salary negotiation. And it just so happened that they offered you exactly as much as you already make. I wonder why. Yeah, I, I suspect what that they the asked you, How much money do you make? And then they said, What a coincidence.
0: That's exactly the offer we have prepared for you. <laughs> Why is the number written in pencil and everything else is printed on a piece of paper? Oh, don't worry about that. <laughs> to show we care. So, so Jameson, I think you're saying that you made the first mistake of negotiation by saying the number first. This is what I always read on the negotiation tactics. Yeah. I mean, saying the number
1: first can be bad, but also saying how much you make instead of how much you want. I think that's... That's a more clear error. Yeah, because it's very easy for a company to lower how much they will offer you if they find out that you make below what they expected and thus you would be satisfied with below what they were intending to offer you.
0: And and a year or two ago, even if you did communicate how much you're currently making, I would have expected the company to try to put a little on top of that, you know, you got to make it 10%. worth your while to, to join us. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that that is a common trend. And the fact that they're not doing that, the fact that they're not doing that tells me that they probably know that it has n- it is no excuse me. It is no longer an employee's market as much. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're testing the waters. Maybe they're like, you know, we actually just want to know firsthand what the market's really like. Will people take jobs yeah. uh, that don't even include a pay raise?
1: So we've we've given them the the advice that is only helpful with the time machine, which is don't tell them classic. how much money you make already. Cla- classic is, advice from us. <laughs> is this salvageable now? Say you told them, here's how much money I make. Or even like, here's how much I would like to make. Yeah. Negotiations are wild. Like you can say some stuff that is not true, <laughs> that is worse for you just to uh make make a situation less uncomfortable. So it's not impossible that this per- person could have said not just here's how much I make but like and and I don't want any more. Please, don't give me any more.
0: Please. I just I can't afford the tax bracket.
1: Yeah. Is it possible to to go back and and say just kidding, I would like more money, please.
0: <laughs> oh, remember when I told you how much I made? I'm sorry. I left off a zero <laughs> when I filled out <laughs> your form. It's actually $1.5 million. <laughs> and I'm willing to work for half of that. a bargain. Can you go back? In these kinds of situations where you've kind of gotten toward the end of the process, they've made you an offer, or at least they've verbally uh, signaled that they're going to make you an offer. They want you. They've invested time in you, but they also know they have some options right now. Like there are other people on the market who they think might be better than you potentially. So it's not a slam dunk. So what can you offer them right now that would make it worth it to them? What I would say, and a little technique that I've used at other jobs when negotiating is, if I just want to squeeze a little bit more out of the offer to feel great about it, you can tell them, look, I love the offer. I love the company. I'm excited about your mission. I would love to join your team. If you can make this offer $10,000 a year higher, I will sign it today. And that that little i will sign it today it's like what do i get you know it's like if that that's what's on the employer's in the employer's mind it's like this is what i get i get a swift decisive yes out of this mm-hmm. candidate um as opposed to dragging it on or you know let me think about it for a weekend you know let me let me shop it around and see if i can get some other offers yeah but by promising them that if they'll just sweeten it a little bit that you'll sign it today that gives them something that they feel like they're they're actually buying by giving you more.
1: Yeah. I think you can also express it in terms of ideally you would be excited to join the company and and you can say this number this would make me excited to accept the offer. Like yeah. I don't want to I don't want to begrudgingly say okay like it's barely enough for me to not blow my yep. nose with it and throw it in your face. That's another thing that you can <laughs> give them
0: i you you, there's less snot involved less less (laughs) snot
1: (laughs) unless you use the traditional snot rocket celebration to seal the deal (laughs) (laughs) now you spit and do the handshake
0: why is the candidate covering one nostril with their face oh (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) Uh, another technique that i've seen used uh I don't want to say against me, but when I was on the other side of a negotiation like this and I had made an offer that the candidate was obviously they wanted a little more money, this particular candidate said to me, look, I'm willing to accept this offer if you will promise me in six months a raise to this amount and I'll and we'll, you and I can agree on some conditions for achieving that raise. You know, like I'm still in good standing. I've delivered work that meets your expectations. And if those are met, then I will get 10000 more dollars as a, as a raise not a bonus in six months. yeah. And sometimes companies are willing to sign off on that too, because it's like, oh yeah, you know, you've taken some of the risk out of the equation yeah. because you've given us a little bit of flexibility to try before you buy, you know, Yeah. but only with a portion of your salary. You're kind of betting on yourself a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I, like
1: I, I bet, I bet I'll do a good job and I'm willing to take this risk of maybe I don't get a raise in X amount of months to prove it.
0: I'm willing to bet four percent of my salary that I'll do a good yeah. job. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so obviously, you would states. you
1: would want this in writing. Yeah, not a handshake deal, or not right. even the legendary snot rocket handshake deal.
0: <laughs> the wait—is that different than the Spit Brothers deal?
1: I don't know what that is. So maybe That's it's where you maybe it is maybe it's in not. Your
0: Hands and then shake your. Oh, I, I guess. Oh, sorry, yeah. Family Show.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's different. It's more binding. Because it's not as stickier.
0: <laughs> It's—I mean, literally binding. Like, it's more adhesive. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: contract law is heavily based on metaphor.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh.
1: Okay. All right. Did, did we one or two other suggestions? It? One. Okay, one other suggestion good. is.
0: Hold on, no, but can we just agree no more bodily
1: fluids? Yes, I will commit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. One other suggestion is bring up the benefits thing. Right, it is costing you something and a way for that company to make up for that yes. cost is give you more money. You can say, hey, the, I know the salary is the same, but actually uh, it's like, I don't know, five fewer days of vacation a year, or my insurance premiums would go up yeah. so much. Can you can you make that pain go away with dollars or local currency, right. whatever that <laughs> right. may be? Right, right. And then the, the last thing I would say is, should I negotiate harder, wait for something better? I'm gonna abdicate this question because every time I've made this decision of, of should I take this job offer or not, it's been like pretty agonizing, I will say. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I today I feel pretty reluctant to cavalierly say like, nope, reject the job offer or, yep, accept it. I, I would definitely negotiate harder, but I don't know if I would reject it given the economy.
0: Yeah. I would say that the heuristic to apply there on whether you should reject this and move on is how much pain your current job is causing you. Yeah. If the pain is low and tolerable and the enjoyment is high, then it might be okay. Because the, you know, the the fallback position is you stay at your current company. Yeah. But if it's really painful and the the relative risk of taking this other opportunity outweighs the pain of staying at your current job, then go for it. Yeah. All right. But no guarantees; another one's coming around the corner. It's just not that kind of world right now. Done and answered. the The LinkedIn recruiter spam that I've just come to love to hate for so many years is all but dried up. It's dried up, and it's become less
1: relevant. I got one asking me to come write Java at the BBC, which I assume is in the UK. <laughs> like, that's that's showing the they're like, we don't have to put in the effort to target this come come beg for the scraps
0: yeah
1: (laughs) okay see wow let's uh let's read another question dave do you want to read it wait no no. i would like you to do the yeah yeah it's my turn okay this is my attempt (laughs) to shirk my responsibility you got nice try this a is nice from try. an anonymous listener who says, "Hi Dave and Jameson, we recently started a new project with a new team of devs that never worked together before. The team consists of two experienced backend devs, two junior backend devs, and a couple of frontend devs. One of the junior backend devs has a mindset of just jumping into tasks, doing things without any previous analysis, just writing code for the first thing that comes into his mind. I like him being proactive, but it often causes big trouble, bugs, technical debt, and absolutely and often absolutely useless code." We have had several discussions in the team pointing out some of the problems, but he is not interested in changing his behavior. During the last discussion, he didn't react to any of our arguments, just insisted on doing things his way. After that discussion, he realized he even made some commits on an issue that has not been in the sprint nor had been refined yet while we were talking to him.
0: (laughs) 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 I'm sorry, what did you say? I was busy uh, working on this bug that's not in the sprint. Yeah. Sorry, I
1: I missed your lecture about how I shouldn't be a cowboy coder because I was too busy wrestling steer down. (laughs) Too busy roaming the range. Our, Our team has no dedicated lead nor a scrum master and we work remote only. The next organization level is our CEO. I love the company. I love the team. I love the project. I even like this dev on a personal level. If we talk to the CEO, I suspect it might end badly for the junior dev since he is still in a probationary period. I know that we must talk to our CEO if things do not change. Do you have any advice? How can we reach him? Thank you for your great
0: show. You're welcome. Oh, man. This is very interesting. You've got the... I've I've brought up the X-Men Cyclops metaphor before, right? Where you've got this kid who can shoot laser beams out of his eyes, but they're completely uncontrolled and they just go in every direction and they just roast everything around him. Until he can mm. put on the the visor that helps him focus and actually send the beam where he wants it to go. Yeah, I feel I feel like that's this this cowboy coder. Yeah, we've had several discussions pointing out some of the problems. He's not interested in changing his behavior. I I love the fact that while they were talking to him about that, he's off working on an unassigned task.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like the best. Yeah, poetry. yeah. Th-
1: this is this is. Yeah, the added level of difficulty of, of there's no hierarchy. There's just the CEO and then the developers on the team makes this trickier. That's crazy, I think right? The, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, the
0: developers report yeah, straight to the CEO.
1: Maybe Maybe this is the whole company. I don't know. Maybe it's small. Whatever. I'm going to skip over whether that's weird or not. But. I guess you could ask to become the manager if you want to, like, hey, I'll solve (laughs) this little problem for you that you don't know you have if you give me this role. Maybe you don't want that role, though. Probably not. This is sounding alarm bells in my head, though, because one of the most important roles of a junior developer, responsibilities of a junior developer, is is to learn and respond to feedback, because they're not going to know everything and do everything correctly and, and like they they will get feedback. So the fact that this person has insisted on doing things his way despite your feedback is kind of scary to me, not kind of, is is pretty concerning to me. Yeah. I feel like I would have one more conversation and and express very strongly like you need to change or we will I don't know, have to talk to the CEO about it. There's probably better ways to say that, but uh, I I think this is at a point where uh, if if they're writing a ton of code and it has bugs and technical debt and useless, it's possible that they are taking up more of your time than they're yeah. providing by getting stuff done. Like
0: right, they might be a net harm. Their presence yeah. might be a net negative to the productivity of the yeah. team. Yeah, it it's happens. Concerning. So the to me the economic principle at play here, because obviously I'm I'm an economist now, hmm. is the That's concept quick. of externalities. This, this team member is doing what suits him, but it's producing negative effects for the rest of the team, effects that that team member is not paying for or that they don't, you know, I don't mean paying for literally, but that are he's unaware of it, right? And it doesn't affect him negatively, even though it affects the rest of the team negatively. So how do you create a world where externalities come back to bite the person who creates them so that they have to deal with it?
1: I mean, you could hook the bug tracker up to, like, a shock collar. (laughs) And then...
0: (laughs) Look, we've decided every bug is your fault now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Things would change in the organization. I can't fathom in what ways they would go horribly wrong, but something would be different for sure. Yeah. If you physically punished people when bugs were found. Well, you mentioned in the code. you
0: mentioned bugs and I think that's actually a good idea. And by the way, I agree with everything you said as well earlier. I also think that it's probably time to help this person close the loop and deal with the carnage that this person is creating by saying, "Look, you introduced this bug because you were being cavalier and working on things without consideration or review. You're now assigned to do this bug. You introduced some technical debt because you're being cavalier and now we have database passwords in our source code. This is unacceptable. You have to fix this. You know, mm-hmm. hey, you produce this useless code that actually doesn't do anything. So we've put a ticket in JIRA for you to remove that useless code. It's on you now. Mm. The problem is you don't have anyone on this team whose job it is to administer that. And that, yeah. that just strikes me as very odd. Or, or I mean, maybe that is the CEO's job on this team. Yeah. But this is this is exactly the kind of behavior I would expect to see go unchecked, in a company where you don't actually have a designated leader for the team, for the engineering team.
1: Yeah, it, uh, if you have to deal with it collectively, it's a lot of work and, a, yeah. and really distracting for the whole team. Yeah, a lot of you have intervention. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm getting kind of an intervention vibe during the last discussion. He didn't react to any of our arguments. It sounds like they're like several, several team members trying to argue with this developer, please do things in this way. Yeah. I mean, one, yeah, one option is to just talk to the other devs on the team and, and either ask one of them to take the lead on, on dealing with this person or say, "I, I would like to take the lead. I'm not trying to be in charge of the team, but I do think some enforcement would be useful for, for this developer. And then do the stuff you talked about, like, hey, work on this ticket or...
0: And maybe, maybe you go around and kind of gather input from the other team members to say, hey, tell me your story about how you've been affected by this team member's cavalier behavior. And yeah. collect those and then bring them to the team members so they just can't ignore them. Be very crisp and clear about the, the effects of their actions.
1: Yeah, that thought occurred to me as well. If he's not convinced or insists on doing things his way and you say... Look! Look at what it cost. Like, <laughs> I spent a week fixing this thing. Like, that's not acceptable. And he still insists on doing things his way. That's a pretty clear sign to to pull the fire alarm and talk to the CEO, and then probably let them get fired.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I, I wouldn't the the fact that it's the CEO is a little it, it makes it a little bit harder. I think to deal with this because it feels like it's more final or more intense or more high, highly escalated. Mm-hmm. But that's that's all this organization has afforded you. Yeah. And given, given the word probation here, I'm going to assume this is in Europe, probably the UK, because I hear that term a lot for British yeah. engineering teams. You know, this may be the only time you can actually deal with this, because once yeah. that probation period is over, the actual ramifications or the actual tools you have at your disposal are much weaker in the way that they, I don't want to say threaten, <laughs> but... You know, if I don't think my job is a It's more expensive line, to fire someone. Yeah, exactly. And it's like as the as the perpetrator of the bad behavior, if you come to me and say, you know, you're not doing a good job and you're going to get fired. I'm like, the heck I am. I'm not on my probation period. You know, it's like, well, yeah. I might have less incentive to respond positively. Yeah. So now is the yeah. time. I would not sit on this and wait. And the CEO is probably the right way to go. And if you've already tried talking to them and they just aren't hearing it, then I don't see a problem with going straight to the CEO. And you have to have a little bit of trust to do that. You know, maybe your CEO is really trigger happy on that termination gun. <laughs> but hopefully hopefully your CEO is wiser than that and can offer some coaching and give some yeah. some actual like listen, give some gravity to the to the situation so that the team member knows how serious it is. You also said there's two
1: back-end two junior back-end developers. So you have another junior back-end developer to compare this person to. True. And one pattern I have seen is is maybe the other developer is less flashy and and cranks out less code, but but is just more solid and less disruptive on the team, and and you can both point to that behavior as as examples of what you're looking for, and also think like, would we rather have someone like the solid dependable, or the rootin tootin psychops <laughs> cowboy?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The pre visor cyclops cowboy, yeah, scorched earth.
1: If it were me, I would talk to him one more time and be very direct. It's yeah, people usually are less direct than Th- than they think than they think they are being. Yeah, so it's very possible that he thought you were arguing about a specific like a design pattern or something like oh we don't need a visitor here instead of you having this broad concern of like you throw in gang of four stuff because you like that book yeah, exactly. in our css we don't
0: we don't need it there wait you don't need gang of four design patterns in your css what i don't understand that's
1: you haven't best practices read, you haven't read the book enough
0: yeah <laughs> exactly uh, read, it harder. <laughs> read it harder yeah maybe to lend a little bit of gravity to what you're saying you could actually say listen if you don't respond to this feedback i am going to share this feedback with our ceo Boy, that's a little heavy and it feels, you know, you might jeopardize the relationship. It does feel very threatening. Yeah. But this person has demonstrated some really, I don't know what the right word is here, but disregard for the effects of their actions. And either they're going to hear it from you and figure it out and get it fixed, or they're going to lose their job. So, you know, worst case scenario, they just continue on their merry way and they do get fired. Best case scenario, they hear you and go, I'm so grateful that you had the courage to tell me what I needed to hear at a time when I wasn't hearing it very well. Yeah. And you might get lucky, but I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt that's how they're going to yeah. respond. Probably
1: not. It's hard. Yeah. This person needs to learn it sometime. And if they can learn it here, maybe they'll be a really great developer if they keep that proactivity and desire to jump in and do stuff and and learn to harness it a little bit more. Sounds like it could and be Something that's kind of good.
0: nagging at me in the back of my mind is that Given If you've been as straightforward and clear with this person as you say, and they've been so dismissive that they're actually doing the behavior while you're telling them about it, there's also a chance that this person might have some kind of – they might suffer from some kind of psychological concern or disorder or something that is a little bit beyond your ability to – to handle and so that's something to keep in mind. Is you want to be sensitive that this 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 might not just be a situation where this person is just being bad. You know, just you're just yeah. bad. Like it's it's probably not that simple. And given how, if yeah. you've been that direct, like I said, there's pr- there could be something more going on here that is hard for you to understand as someone who is trained in software, but not the software of the mind. <laughs>
1: software of the mind. New tagline for our show. All right. <laughs> have we have we answered the question
0: (laughs) i doubt it but good luck anyway
1: good luck dave what can people do if they want their own questions answered
0: go to softskills.audio and click the ask a question button where you can fill out our form and thank you so much to everyone who does that every week we love you we love your questions and you keep the show going
1: thank you thank you catch you
0: next week